What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Eagles Post Game Recap. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle, joined always by Robert Cessna and Travis Brown. We're inside Kyle Field following Texas A&M's 51-10 win over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Cease, you wrote in your column, A&M just needed a win in the worst way possible, and they really took it to a pretty bad Mississippi State team tonight. Yeah, to me, this was all bonus cantos, so to speak, because they needed a win. And you figure, oh, they'll struggle without Johnson since he wasn't playing. But they have such a dominating game after the opening kickoff. Can't do nothing but give confidence to the team and maybe even some of the fans. And the fact is they just took care of business and there was no doubt. You know, the big story of the night, of course, was Max Johnson did not go. He was not dressed out. We were wondering if he was going to go all week, and it turned out he wasn't. Jalen Henderson started, and he took advantage of the moment when it was given and had a pretty decent night on on offense. There There was so much about this game that was just the epitome of why college football is so great. You have... Before the game, we walk in, there's a guy wearing number 14 and a t-shirt on the field, and we're like, oh, looks like there's Max Johnson. It is definitely not Max Johnson. It's Blake Boast wearing Max Johnson's shirt. We tweet that out. We get official word that it wasn't some kind of subterfuge. It was just that Blake Bose couldn't find his shirt and Max Johnson wasn't playing, and they sh- their lockers are next to each other. So Max is like, here, where, where my shirt? And they went out. But it didn't matter because even if there was some kind of, uh, you know, gamesmanship happening, it didn't matter because Jalen Henderson was that good. He he went out there and uh, gave A&M's offense just a little bit of a different dynamic than they've had pretty much since I've been here, maybe since like the, the Trevor Knight days with his ability to run the ball, um, to, to do that kind of RPO game, um, sling some short passes, and credit to A&M's coaching staff. I think there's been a lot of people who have criticized the coaching staff for not necessarily tailoring the game plan and the play calls to the quarterbacks that they have. That's exactly what they did today. The more RPOs than we've seen Jimbo Fisher run, I think, ever, or you know Bobby Petrino and, and Jimbo Fisher. A lot of short passes, a lot of plays to get Jalen Henderson rhythm into the game, uh, and I think that was as much a part of the success as just Jalen Henderson's talent out there too. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty evident early that they were going to probably use Henderson in the run game a decent amount, and he was pretty good on designed runs, pretty decent on scrambles. He had the one where he looped around and had the touchdown. The first one he had was a designed run, a draw up the middle. Cease, what really stuck out to you about what Henderson showed at quarterback tonight? Well, Travis hit on it. That's why you can see Petrino wanted to bring that guy. When they brought Petrino, they said that that's one of the guys they wanted. And you got to remember, everyone talked about, when you talk about Max Johnson and even Connor Wegman, that they were athletic, that they could run, but they really weren't runners. You see today, he was a runner. He can take some punishment because we saw a lot of times with A&M quarterbacks the last few years, even Haynes King couldn't take some of those hits. But that looked like a runner when he got outside the pocket. He didn't look like a quarterback, but he's also athletic enough. As Travis said, he could hit those 20 yards. And suddenly you got to you got to allow for him. So you can see why Bobby Petrino wanted him. 
and Tra Travis hit it on again, all the RPOs, the things that they did, you go look at his bottom line, it, it's not going to overwhelm me. It's not Heisman Trophy numbers, but it freed up the running backs as well. So the best thing is it, he blended in. It looked like he was out there all year long with that team. And, and here's the thing that I think was the most important part about this game. You're right. His his line was 19 or 11 of 19 for 150 yards. Two to, that you know 50. You know, it's not great, but when he made that 11 yard touchdown run around the outside and just slipped it in the pylon and was going crazy, that's his most. That's the most into it I've felt the A&M crowd be just about at any point this season. It might not be the prettiest offense, but it's fun to watch, and that's going to bring the crowd back into the game, a crowd that's kind of... I felt there's been some apathy in the amongst the fan base the last couple of weeks. It, it kind of reinvigorated things, and I think for a game that was a blowout against a team that's not very good, that might have been the biggest thing that they gained this, this today. You know, a fun little tidbit. He said his favorite moment was the touchdown pass he had to Jade Walker, who had a pretty good game himself. Uh, Henderson and Walker are roommates, transfers in this season, and uh, you know, it just just kind of fun to hear the little tidbits. And you know, families flying out on Thursday after they get the news. Don't even want to know how much a ticket from Fresno to probably Dallas or Houston costs on that short of notice. But hey. Probably a priceless moment for uh, people like that to get to watch the game. And another thing to mention, he's six of eight on passes 15 to four, or excuse me, five to 14 yards. So it's not, there weren't just dumping it to the flat. I mean, five yards isn't necessarily a far pass, but that's a pretty good clip from passes that are in that intermediate range, which at times past AM quarterbacks haven't really been great at that intermediate range. So just something to note there. You know, kind of overshadowed in the the win and by Henderson's performance, Adams' defense played pretty well. And look, Mississippi State's offense—they're playing with second, third string backups. There was speculation Will Rogers might have been able to come back for the Bulldogs this week. It was very clear from pregame that was not going to happen. And. Anum's defense just took care of business and didn't play down to the level of a really bad Mississippi State team. They forced four turnovers, kind of a, a, a flip the script, shall you, from last week, uh, a pretty not good performance at Ole Miss. You know, you look at they had three interceptions, only had four for the whole year coming in, and this was one knock on this team. Even though we know Durkin likes to bring a lot of pressures, it didn't lead to a lot of scores or what have you. We had a scoop and score in this game. You got three interceptions, four turnovers. That's what you expect to see if you're disruptive. And they haven't been enough disruptive. They also were like 3 of 13 on third downs. So it was a complete package. A couple, couple runs, but come on. Bad, a bad team, but even bad team, they only had three points. And they still have some SEC talent. So after giving up, what, 518 yards against Ole Miss, so defense did have a good, good game. You know, I got to, I wrote about uh, a little bit about Jared Kerr, the kid from Lexington, had the big hit on the Mississippi State quarterback and Shamar and Stewart. I, and I have to mention on that big hit, he was so wide open to the quarterback that there was like at least three people in the press box who kind of heard under their breath, just kind of muttered "boom," like right <laughs> before that hit came. You you could see it coming from as far away as we are from the field. Which Jimbo complimented Kerr after the game because when you have such an open shot at the quarterback. He said, 
there's a lot of times guys will get, you know, kind of a targeting penalty maybe, or they, 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 they hit them in the wrong spot, or maybe they just kind of overdo it. Now, it was a textbook hit, and uh, it, it went the other way, 43 yards for a touchdown. Uh, you know, Travis, it, it seemed like after the game on the field, you could, you could just kind of feel a, a sense of elation. I think somebody asked Anaya Smith if it was a cathartic victory. You know, it's, it's not been an ideal season for A&M, but this, is, this was a game they had to win, and they, they did it pretty convincingly. Yeah, I, I wrote my story on, on Jalen Henderson, and when I just tweeted it out, I put that this is the most fun I think I've had writing a game story about a 6-5 and five team at this point in the season, because normally then it's just trying to squeeze whatever you can out of the game, out of a season that's kind of already looking looking ahead, and uh, like we said, the, the off- offense is what you know, a big hit's going to get the crowd in the game, but offense is really what's going to get the crowd, the fan base. It's what makes the game usually pretty fun to watch. And that's not a perfect offense they ran out there. It's it's very college football. It's the epitome of college football with the running quarterback who runs the RPOs. And it is as far from NFL pro style as you pretty much can get, but it's fun. And and I think that there's something about that, that at this point in the season, with the way that the season has gone, that that adds just a little a little pep to the season. And, and Cease, I have a question for you, because I think if Jalen Henderson is the guy moving forward, depending on what the injury status is of Max Johnson, um, I, I mean, I think anybody, I think Marcel Reed probably would have a shot against ACU next week. But if they go out there and play like this, again, Mississippi State's on a good team, so it's we're extrapolating some stuff. Do you th- is this a team that can beat LSU? Because in my mind, it, it is. Well, the deal is t- today, and I think why you liked and everybody liked that they were consistent. They were mm-hmm. consistent. We've seen before somebody comes out and Johnson was hot, even Wegman's hot, then the defense would take it away. But then they couldn't run. You know, and whatever happens, A&M had no consistency. But they had consistency for while the game was on the line, so to speak, the whole way. So, yes, if you can continue to do that, you think about with the game that Henderson brings, suddenly Anaya Smith can be in the backfield. Option plays off him. You do a lot of things, and you could see how some of these plays could suddenly be 15-yard runs or 15-yard catching runs. So, yes, but you're not going to have a lot of time to prepare because luckily, though, LSU's defense is very poor. If A&M can do something like this, run the clock down, control it, because they're going to be able to do that as long as they take tailor the offense to what he can do. And the offensive line, the good thing about that is when you're doing so many RPOs and like that, the offensive line doesn't have to dominate. They just got to get in the way sometimes, and sometimes they can almost be out of the way, and you still have a big play. Yeah, I mean, then that's kind of leading right into my next question is, okay, so what if Max Johnson is able to come back by the LSU game? In my opinion, they need to stick with this because this helps that offensive line out better. Well, without a doubt, then you get into this tricky thing because then you're saying, well, what about moving forward? What about doing this? And you touched on it because really when Wegman was there or Johnson, the offense was the same. He brings the run element. So you can see why Bobby Petrino brought him in because when Bobby was at Arkansas, he had some great uh, – passing quarterbacks, the Wilsons, whatever, but he had somebody who could go in and do a couple series because 
you hit on it. Even if you bring Johnson back, well, maybe every third series you bring him in. I'm not saying to do that. You could do that. You've seen that Bobby Petrino do that. So, yes, to answer your question, moving forward, they have options. They do indeed. Here's your. We'll, we'll, we'll close it out with. Here's your fun fact for the day. So. Oh, I like well, fun facts. It was. I'm glad. <laughs> I, I, I think it was well mentioned on the broadcast that the last time that Jalen Henderson had thrown a pass was in November uh, of 2021, two years ago, and it was in mop-up duty. Do you know who they were playing against? I'm going to guess uh, Starkle's team. Wow! Six degrees of uh, six degrees of Nick Starkle is what it always is with A and M football. It was Nick Starkle's San Jose right. State on, team. Without even looking up. I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. So there's your fun fact for the day. His last pass was opposite Nick Starkle in 2021. And, and a more fact that Aggies like, they finally beat a Mississippi school and end the losing streak. Yeah, it's been like what 1,100 days. It, it's been a long time. Well, hey, here's another fun fact for you. You can find all of our coverage from today's game at TheEagle.com. We'll be back Monday previewing AM's game against Abilene Christian and uh, see uh, see what's going to go down the net in the next two weeks. So uh, it's late. Y'all go to bed. Good night.